There are nearly 300,000 University of Alberta alumni around the world. They are your neighbors, your community members, your colleagues. You'll find them in all manner of work, in all kinds of places. And when disaster strikes, you'll find them on the front lines. These are their stories. This is The Line. I want to start this episode with a story. One morning in January 2016, my wife Laura woke up with stomach pains. It was pretty bad. Our family doctor was away, so she went to a clinic and the doctor there suspected she might have a UTI. They prescribed her antibiotics, which she took, but days later, her pain just kept getting worse. The pain was so bad that night that I knew the next day I had to go see my family doctor. She immediately suspected that my appendix had actually perforated and that I needed to go to the hospital right away. She actually took time out of her day and walked me over to the hospital to ensure that I stayed there and got the care that I needed. And that's where I stayed for the next seven days after surgery. Family doctors are the familiar faces of healthcare. They care for our health throughout our lives understand our medical history, refer us to specialists, and advocate on our behalf when needed. There's a personal connection between family doctors and their patients, one that evolves over time and is unique in the medical profession. We wanted to know the ways COVID-19 has changed the way family doctors practice medicine. How are they and their staff keeping safe? Have virtual meetings done an adequate job filling in the role of face-to-face appointments? And which patients do they worry about most? To answer these questions, we talked to the person from Laura's story, my family doctor, Stephanie Liu. Oh my gosh, that was so crazy. Because I think she saw the, another doctor twice and it kept being like a UTI. And then, yeah, we wa- we literally walked over together. That was so, And it was serious though, too, because I think her appendix was ruptured too at that time. Dr. Liu practices community family medicine and acute care at the University of Alberta Hospital. She's also a clinical lecturer at the U of A, and somehow, in her spare time, she's managed to put together a successful mom blog called The Life of Dr. Mom. I wanted to start the mom blog because I think there's a lot of medical misinformation out there. Uh, As a new mom, I realized that when I tried finding answers. So, for example, sleep training. I tried, you know, going on the internet, and there's a lot of information out there. And even as a healthcare professional, I sometimes find it hard to discern what's credible and what's not. So when I saw that, that gap, I wanted to, to kind of fill it and provide something that's credible and easy for families to access. Um, and at the same time, the timing was right. So about a year and a half ago, my hu- husband was doing um, a, a surgical fellowship in the U.S. So I was only working part time then. So I finally had time to put together to put together this blog that I have wanted to do for the past few years. And I just think that there's a need right now, especially with all of the information out there, some of it really good, credible stuff, and some of it really wonky. Since its launch in September 2018, the life of Dr. Mom has exploded in popularity. The Instagram account has more than 11,000 followers, and Dr. Liu has been interviewed about her blog by media outlets like CBC, CTV, and Global News. If you ask me, the success of her blog is a reflection of Dr. Liu's deep empathy for her patients and her sincere desire to help parents. Overall, it's about families, and that's the reason she got into family medicine in the first place. So, you know, I actually knew I wanted to do family medicine pretty early on. Um, I did my surgical rotation and I knew I didn't like that. 
Um, I did internal medicine and I really liked that. And then I did family medicine and I really, really liked that. I was torn between the two specialties. I knew I definitely wanted to do something more medical and non-surgical, but the clincher uh, for family medicine was the fact that I get to know my patients over time. I know a lot of internists also follow, um, follow their patients over time, but I love the fact that I get that continuity of care that I get to see not just the parents, but I also get to see their little kids too and watch them grow up. And that was the best thing. And I saw that when I was doing my um, urban family medicine rotations, the ones that are for a little bit of longer period of time for a few months. And I just loved how my preceptors were able to, to not just know the mom and dad, but they knew the grandparents, they knew the babies. And I just think that's, that's one of the most exciting things about family medicine. And of course, the, the knowledge, the lifelong learning. So it was the medicine component that I really liked, but at the same time, just that continuity of care and really being able to connect with people over the years. Right now, it's a challenge for Dr. Liu to see patients. COVID-19 has altered the way family doctors conduct their practice. I asked her about the changes in her clinic. For patients that are coming into practice, we have uh, our MOA that's right in front of our clinic, just screening patients to make sure that they're not having any COVID symptoms. Um, We're trying to avoid bringing COVID patients into our clinic just for the safety of all of our staff and for other patients that are being seen by uh, us in person. So we're doing that uh, just to be safe. We're also making sure that everyone in our office has PPE. Uh, Unfortunately, we do have uh, enough supplies for the next few months. We're also trying to really limit the amount of patients that are coming into our practice. So as many virtual visits as we can. And one thing I've actually realized is I actually have really enjoyed the virtual um, appointments with patients. Uh, It's still quite easy to connect. Sometimes the face-to-face really helps. But overall, I think that the care that we're able to provide virtually is, is still pretty darn good. I also wanted to know how her staff at the clinic was doing and how they were staying safe. I will say that our clinic staff have been absolutely amazing. They've all wanted to continue to work at this time. Um, and our policy is, is if we can't provide them protective equipment, we just, we don't feel comfortable with them working. So we're doing our best to make sure that everyone has everything that they need to feel safe. We have enough hand sanitizer, that we have enough um, uh, masks, that we have enough face shields for everyone. We've heard a lot about PPE. It's got to be the most used acronym of this pandemic. I asked Dr. Liu to describe for me what her personal protection equipment consists of. There's some variations, but I'll just say what I put on. So um, what I wear is I wear um, a surgical mask uh, when I'm interacting with patients. I also wear a hairnet because uh, I have pretty long hair. And I think that if I were to get coughed in, COVID would probably love to hide in there. Uh, so I wear a hair mask. Um, I do wear, because um, I, I realized I was doing way too much laundry. So what I do is I wear one of those gowns too, uh, just protect myself from there. And I have um, um, a little, uh, those little plastic glasses that I put on. And I wear gloves too. Family doctors build familiarity with their patients. Your family doctor learns your medical history and in doing so, makes medical recommendations to mitigate risks. With the threat of COVID-19, I wanted to know about Dr. Liu's most at-risk patients. Who was she worried about and why? When I asked the question, my assumption was that her answer would be about patients with comorbidities, the ones for whom COVID-19 is a serious threat. 
And she definitely does worry about those patients, but her concern runs deeper than that. Oh, I worry about the patients. Like, There's some patients that I know are going to be thriving and doing great, but there's some patients that I worry about all the time. I think about them outside of work. Like some, the patients I worry about the most are the ones that are alone, that are single and they're elderly and they have lost, you know, their social interactions because of COVID and also because of some government cuts. And those patients I worry about. One patient I called last week, he's a 60, no, actually 71. And he never ended up uh, finding a partner in life. And he struggled with struggles with depression. And when I called him for a follow-up visit, he told me that I was the first person that he talked to in eight days. And that's kind of heartbreaking when you think about it like that, right? He, he didn't, he has very limited connections in Alberta. And unfortunately he was a single child growing up and then he never found a partner, never had children. And he is just so alone right now. And I think that's the thing I worry about with COVID too. I worry about COVID, COVID-related deaths, but I worry about all of the unrelated COVID things, COVID-related uh, medical issues that can happen as a result of this. Mental health, loneliness, other conditions where people are afraid to, to seek medical attention because they don't want to expose themselves. Avoiding the doctor's office or even the emergency room is something I worry about in the pandemic. In normal times, we would go see a doctor about any health concerns. The only obstacle is time and personal responsibilities. But now fear is a barrier. People are worried that if they leave their homes, they may become infected. And that means putting off checkups. Yeah, Matthew, I worry about that too. One, actually, this was the first week. This was at the last week of March. Um, when a patient called our clinic and said that they had some tummy pain, they said it was, you know, not too severe, like a five out of 10. And for abdominal pain, I always want to see the patient. They were pretty scared coming in because that was when the lockdown kind of just started. And I said, you know, please tell her to come in because for abdominal pain, it's really important to examine the person. So, so she came in and she described her tummy pain as around the belly button area. But then when I examined her, it was right over the area of the appendix. So I was really concerned about appendicitis. So I sent her for urgent imaging and then right away it showed appendicitis. And then she ended up having to go to the rural Alex, our local hospital. And then she got surgery that day. So things like that, where if she didn't come in, you know, we don't even want to think about what could have happened, right? If she was sitting at home. So yeah, I think you bring up a really good point about how sometimes when you're so focused on, you know, the fear of getting COVID, which I think we should take seriously, we sometimes forget about all of the other serious things that can happen. Heart attacks, strokes, appendicitis, all of those other really scary, serious things. Another big risk, one specific to our age of social media, is misinformation. I asked how she helps patients get accurate information in this pandemic. I normally recommend um, to patients to use like health organizations. So for instance, the World Health Organization, uh, the provincial uh, websites to also provide good, good information. So for example, Alberta Health Services. Even though I know I have a blog, I normally try to tell people to avoid other, <laughs> I guess I sound so great, other blogs because blogs are, a lot of blogs are opinion-based and not necessarily fact-based. And, you know, even in my blog, I'll throw out my opinion, but I clearly state, you know, this is my opinion. 
Uh, but this is the medical evidence. And most of the time, they coincide with each other. Dr. Liu adds that she can understand why the general public can find health information difficult to grasp. As research evolves, health officials gain new understandings, and sometimes that means changing positions. You and know, with a lot of things, even for example, peanuts. Back in the day, we used to tell parents, "Hey, don't give your kids peanuts early on." And now we've kind of done a full 360, and as we've done more research, we've learned that you know early introduction of allergens such as peanuts is actually beneficial to kids later on in life. And so that's why this COVID thing is so hard because. It's such a serious situation affecting so many people, so many lives, and we're learning on the daily. And things are going to change as we get more and more information, more and more data. We're going to have to, unfortunately, I think, continue to change statements, which is which probably makes the public really scared. One thing I've learned from making episodes of this podcast is that doctors are not immune to fear. The pandemic affects everyone. We are all at risk. I asked Dr. Liu about her own level of concern and what she does to mitigate risk to herself and her family. You know, I'll be honest. I have two young kids, um, so I am I am far more scared now and way more、um, cautious than I used to be. Even though I'd see sick people on the regular, even during the influenza season. So personally, I always make sure I wear PPE. And then when I get home, I pretty much stop at the garage door. I get naked there, <laughs> throw out all my clothes in the in the laundry room, and then I I take a I take a quick shower before I even、uh, see my kids. I don't know if this is necessary. I may be going slightly overboard, but you know I do. I also do worry about the safety of my family too. The risk to her family is also compounded by the fact that her husband is also a doctor working on the front lines in a very dangerous profession. Yes, he's a he's a ear, nose, and throat、um, surgeon, and you know the time. As we learn more,、uh, a few weeks ago we were pretty scared、um, because there was a study that came up that talked about、um, ENT surgeons being at the highest risk, just because they do a lot of those endoscopy scope procedures where they put the、um, the camera into the nose or down the throat, and、um, with those procedures it can really expose you to the virus because the viral load. Covid is is really high in the the nose and throat area. One thing that struck me about talking to Dr. Liu about her fears and concerns for her own family is how she was able to later translate her experience to what other people might be going through. In the next clip, she talks about how she's actually fortunate to have a chance to structure her life to use that other part of her brain as a doctor who still goes into work instead of having to. Strictly balance parenting with full-time work, like so many others are doing right now. She considers herself lucky. I'll say it's interesting. Like in some, I'm scared when I go to work. I'm scared that I'm going to get COVID, or and even more scared that I could bring it home to my family. But in some ways, I'll say that I actually feel kind of lucky in that I am able to leave the house in a socially acceptable way. Because with my two young kids. I love them. They're the best things that have ever happened to me. But for the first time since I've had them, I've been, you know, when I'm with them, I'm like a full-time stay-at-home mom with two kids, and it is so busy. And sometimes I'm absolutely exhausted <laughs> by the end of the day. And the days that I go to work, almost, although I'm scared of the COVID, it almost feels like a little bit of a of a weird break for me because I get to use that other part of my brain. And that whole experience is really. Made me 
really feel for those families where, you know, they have to work at home, they're managing everything. And, you know, there's probably additional financial stresses that are going on too right now for them. But as a family doctor who still frequently talks to patients, even when she's at home, Dr. Lou says her family life and work life still overlap. I do find it hard in terms of when I get home from work. Be, when I was pre-COVID times, it was really easy because when I get home from work, I would shut down my brain and just say, hey, this is family time. I'm not going to do anything clinical. And that was a lot easier. But now with this COVID pandemic, when I'm working from home um, and I have all of these patients that I know I want to call and check in on, that's the time that I'm struggling a bit because my kids are home and, you know, even as I'm doing this interview, my daughter is like standing at the window waving at me and you get feel like you're torn on both sides, right? Because I want to focus on work, but at the same time now that some of my half of my clinical days I'm doing from home, it's it's a lot more challenging being able to to separate the, the work, Stephanie, from the home family, especially working from home right now. Most professions have had to make adjustments in response to the coronavirus pandemic, and some of those adjustments have become permanent innovations. I wanted to know if Dr. Liu thinks any of the changes she's made to her practice could stick around after COVID-19. Yeah, you know, I I do hope that we have continued some element of, uh, of this virtual care, especially for some of my um, older patients. It's a lot easier for us to call and have a phone follow-up. Um some patients that live far, I have some patients that, you know, and I'll be honest, sometimes it's kind of flattering. They live uh, in rural areas. And I say, you know, you don't have to see me, um, but they still want to come in to see me. Um, and for patients that live outside of Edm- the Edm- greater Edmonton area, I think virtual phone calls would be really good for that. Mental health follow-up. I think phone calls um, are a gr- great way to check in periodically with, with for mental health. So I hope that we continue to keep some virtual care. Um, Another thing um, is that hand hygiene, I think, has really improved for all of our staff since this whole experience. Um, And I hope that that continues after the pandemic, because there's a lot of other viruses out there, especially when flu season hits. We're so grateful to Dr. Liu for chatting with us about the challenges family doctors face in the pandemic. I have one more clip to share with you, and it's a bit of a behind-the-scenes look. Before we started asking questions, we had a very cute interruption. Here's a clip of Dr. Mom with her daughter. Okay, do you guys want to see my daughter really quickly, but she needs to beat it. Over here. Come over here. Mommy's working. Hi. Do you know how to wave, Maddie? Hi, Maddie. No, she needs to go. (laughs) I'll go right back. I love you. The Line is a University of Alberta Alumni Association podcast. This episode was hosted by me, Matt Ray, and produced by me and Chloe Chalmers. Things happen fast in the pandemic, and we're trying to keep track by noting how these episodes function as snapshots in time. We recorded our episode with Dr. Liu on Friday, May 15th. At the time, Alberta had just entered phase one of its relaunch, and there had been 6,515 total confirmed COVID-19 cases. As I record this message on Wednesday, May 20th, That number has grown to 6,716. 